This is the Frogcast. Welcome to the Frogcast. I'm Jeff Mitchell, and I'm glad to be uh, with you this evening. We're going to talk about recruiting from the 2018 and the 2019 class. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, everybody, you don't listen to this show, so you can listen to a small talk and talk about what we like to eat for breakfast. So let's just get down to brass tacks. Jeremy Clark, Vernon Jackson, commit to Alabama, was on campus this last weekend. Tell us where the Frogs stand with this big guy that can play on either side of the ball. Well, the visit went well. Uh, it was important for him to come up, for the staff to get him up on campus, and especially with him still being committed to Alabama and still getting heavily recruited by Texas and, and Texas A&M. But the, the visit went well from every indication I've been told. Um, I don't know if it made enough of an impact for them to get into the lead for his services, but uh, it, it certainly is going to be one to watch all the way down to the wire, I believe. Um, he's still committed to Alabama. I don't think he's going to end up going to Alabama. I think I posted that earlier on the board. I think it's really uh, right now the top two teams for him is, is uh, Texas or Texas A&M. He has a official visit to Texas A&M this upcoming weekend, so that's going to be pretty big um, for the Aggies. But you know what? you got to give credit to Zarnell Fitch and those guys that have stayed on him, recruited him the whole time, and – and we'll see how it goes. Recruiting's a funny thing, and sometimes it works out for the best. Sometimes it doesn't. But TCU gave it a shot, and we'll see how it ends. One of the more interesting recruitments of this story of the 2018 class has been Keandre Coburn out of Houston. He is um – been committed to Texas for a while, but there has been a lot of drama around his commitment of coaches trying to visit that they can't and, and visits that he's trying to set up that, you know, fall through. And then, then he, then he comes back and reschedules. The frogs have Cobra on campus this weekend, the last weekend before signing day. Do the frogs have any chance of flipping him from the Longhorns? Even, and we know that coach Fitch has put, put a lot of work in on this big guy from down South. Yeah, I mean, he's he's put in the effort. And, and uh, the thing that I'm kind of worried about, guys, just to be completely honest, is he was supposed to visit in mid-December and it got rescheduled. He was supposed to come up this past weekend and, and it for, it got rescheduled. Um, I, I, I think I, I'm going to just wait till Thursday or Friday to, to really put out if he's going to be out uh, up this weekend. I was told he was supposed to be coming up this upcoming weekend. Um, but that's yet to be seen. Uh, TCU still in the mix, uh, but at this point, I really think it's he's he's obviously committed to Texas. I, I think the Longhorns have done a pretty good job keeping him in the fold. Uh, with him being at Spring Westfield, their coach has a rule with uh, committed kids not allowing coaches to see them on campus. And if Keandre doesn't want to see a particular coach at home, then that coach has no way of communicating at all with him uh, to, to talk good about the school. That hasn't been the case with Fitch at all. Fitch is, uh, he's had an in-home with him. He actually went to a banquet uh, for his younger brother uh, with his entire family, uh, Fitch did. And that was, that was pretty uh, neat for him to have that close relationship with those guys and, and them um, be close enough to Fitch to invite him along with that special moment for the family. But uh, it, it's, Still, I, I, I just don't see them getting over the top. I, I think he's going to end up at Texas. I think 
think Coburn, um, not to talk bad about the kid. I'm not, I'm not talking bad about him, but I think um, for, for some kids, sometimes the name across the front of the Jersey means the most out of anything. And I think that's the case for him right now. I think with, with it being Texas across the Jersey or even Texas A&M, I think that has a little bit more carry to him than what TCU has. And people have been telling these, these defensive tackles, not only Coburn, but uh, Morrow, Ajomo, uh, TCU is, is set at defensive tackle um, with Ross Blacklock having a really good year and, and uh, Corey Bethley, those two getting freshman All-American. They're, they're telling these, uh, these guys that TCU set and TCU's out there telling these, these recruits, we wouldn't even be visiting you at your school or in your home. If we didn't think you could play, we don't recruit backups. We recruit starters. It's up to you if you really want to be a starter. And so that they got to get over that hump, but I don't know. It's it, it, TCU might finish this class without any defensive tackles, just to be honest. Well, that would be uh, uh, that would be disappointing. I know that the Frogs need to uh, get a defensive tackle. I know they put all their eggs in the basket with Coburn. Uh, before we jump to 2019, again, Jeremy, just tell us about uh, Ojamo, who you mentioned, who was going to be on campus. You posted a story. He will not be taking an official visit. Tell us a little bit um, about the disappointment of that for the staff. Well, he was supposed to be coming up uh, today and – visiting throughout uh, tomorrow night, at least Monday and Tuesday, but he didn't make it. And rumor mill has it that he's on campus at A&M. So that's a, that's a big uh, disappointment because they were really wanting to get him up for a visit. They felt like they had a pretty good in-home with them last week. And, and uh, Fitch has been over there building a good relationship with he and his family. And it's a disappointment because I think late in the process, it, it was almost seeming like, he was more of a prospect and a target than what Coburn was. And, and it kind of could have been easily one, a one B, but um, I, I think it was a disappointment and for those asking if he's good, this, if he's a day and M right now, that's his fifth, fifth official. Uh, he's, he'd already planned to go visit Oregon unless something completely changes uh, and he decides not to go up to Oregon and, and TCU has a chance to get him in this weekend. That that's a that's an extreme extreme long shot. I, I'm not I'm not too sure that TCU might not be disappointed enough to not want him up this weekend. Uh, just to be completely honest, there have been a multiple comments on the on the board saying, "Did we handle this recruitment correctly? You know, we were in early. Did we back off?" Um, it seems like everybody jumped in late, but what, what are, what's your assessment of, of the way that maybe the staff handled this and maybe, maybe what might be a, a word to the people that are expressing anxiety about his recruitment? It's recruiting. It's recruiting. I mean, that's recruiting one-on-one. I mean, I'm, I hate to say this and sorry if your feelings get hurt, but that's recruiting. I mean, it's, you know, fans don't want to listen to it. Then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that sometimes they're high on players for, whatever reason, and then they fall off. And other times they're not as high on players, and then they start to really get interested. And um, for whatever reason, with, with Morrow, it, it was one of those deals where they were, they seemed pretty interested early on and kind of backed off a little. And, and some of that has to do with uh, having the chance to land other players. And let's be honest, guys, they cannot show the same amount of attention to say if they're recruiting 10 defensive tackles, they cannot show the same amount of love to 10 defensive tackles. This is not going to happen like that. It just, it just doesn't happen. It is recruiting. And I'm sorry, people, 
bang your head up against the wall, make get your wide knuckles on your keyboards. I don't care. Top away, bash me on your yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's like that. I mean, that's it, it. It's painful to hear sometimes, but that's that's the honest to god truth. And um, for TCU, they they obviously offered early on, and for whatever reason. They backed off a little, and and they came on toward the end. But they always kind of kept the relationship going. They they kept the uh, the chain of interest. They they had a you know connection with the uh, the mail outs and the phone calls or the coaches. They they tried as much as they could to uh, kind of keep them warm. They just didn't have a uh, a lot of stuff as far as you know wanting him to come on campus and and maybe uh, do some official visits that that early. I understand. That sounds like a man. Recruiting is complicated. I can't keep up with my 18 year old, let alone um, 50 18 year olds that I'm trying to, to to recruit. Let's go ahead and flip to the 2019 class. Uh, we had a commitment this last weekend. The Frogs did from D Winners. Take us a little bit inside his recruitment and what the Frogs are getting with this 2019 commit. Excuse me. I'm finding this cold, man. I, so I apologize if my voice goes out on us in the middle of me talking. Um, the uh, the D winners commitment was really good. I, I love this kid. I saw him last uh, last summer in person at one of the Friday Night Light camps, and he worked out at receiver. To me, he looks more like a uh, he looks more like a uh, safety. Um, he's about six foot, between six foot six one, 195 pounds, and really is an athletic kid on the field. I mean, he could play offense. He could play defense. It's, uh, you know, wherever he wants to uh, line up is, where you know, pr- pretty much where they're going to play him. I mean, I think uh, for now they've, they've kind of pegged him as an athlete, say he could play safety, say he could play running back. He played quarterback, played running back, played receiver, played safety, played pretty much did it all for Burton. He's one of those uh, classic small town kids has – uh, he has to be on the field basically the whole time for them to win. He's from Burton, and, and Burton went 13-2 and two this past season. And he was a big reason why. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the kid, uh, Rashad Paul, when he was down there at uh, – golly, what is that school? It, down there by Waco, I can't even remember. Um, but they were winning a lot of state championships when he was there, and that's kind of the same kind of player Winters is. He's he's a do-it-all player, and, and the Frogs got a steal on this one. I think they really did a good job recruiting him. Well, it sounds like he's the kind of guy that's going to get on campus and you're just going to find the spot where he's going to play and where he, where, he, where he fits best. And I think that's where Patterson has usually shined in terms of uh, finding those guys that can really contribute and contribute in the Big 12. Tell us a little bit more about some of the other guys that were on campus from the 2019 class. I know for a lot of us, this is going to be learning new names and positions and cities and what other teams are targeting them. Who else was on campus from the 19 class that's worth, uh, you think our listeners want to know about? Well, I think one of the bigger uh, visitors on campus was Alito Defense event Colt Ellison and he was one of those uh, guys that that a few weeks ago on that Friday night when they offered five 2019 kids uh, he was the second one to get an offer that night um, coincidentally right behind his teammate Wyatt Harris but Ellison went on campus and, and every indication I've heard he had a great time and, and really really loves TCU uh, but the thing about him is I think he's going to wait it out a while everyone I've talked to um, from Alito <clears throat> that that knows the family knows Ellison and, and uh, even even others outside of Alito have, have just kind of got the word that they feel that he's going to be one of those kids that waits it out a little while 
uh, doesn't really want to commit real soon. Um, but he likes everything about TCU. But I think in in the long run, the parents just want to make sure he's going to be making the right decision on everything. And and uh, the one team I keep hearing about, and it's one team that the TCU fans won't like to necessarily hear, is is Texas. If Texas offers, that's going to be a a big player in his recruitment. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Texas. Um, but in the interim, TCU is his best offer right now, and I think the T the that TCU is on top. Um, but he's just going to wait it out a little while. Uh, other names that uh, we're on campus that the the frogs really like. Obviously, they got D winners, but Darwin Barlow is is a really really good running back out of Newton. I think everyone that watched the state championship games can agree with that. He had a, a huge game in their championship run over there at AT and T, and he's uh, one of the first running back targets the the frogs really went after i think tcu was the third or fourth offer for him and since that offer he's really blown up and it was the funny thing is everyone's going to talk about how when a kid gets a tcu offer he automatically starts to blow up um but he was already starting to get some of that attention and and i think he was going to be getting a ton of offers whether tcu offered or not and uh, it looked like he had a pretty good time on the visit i know tcu's really really high on him and they're really high on his uh on his teammate uh tamazia brown uh this kid is a 6'1 175 pounder uh, can play receiver can play corner he had 12 interceptions last year and uh, from what I understand, TCU is recruiting him as a cornerback prospect. And when you're playing in the Big 12, you love to have that kind of height uh, as a guy that can cover these Big 12 receivers at six foot one. So that that was great to get him over there on campus. He got an offer um, along with Barlow and, and, and Brown. I, that would be two huge guys to get out of Newton. And uh, that's the kind of guys they get for those for those classes. TCU always seems to find the the smaller smaller school talent and those smaller school kids sometimes gravitate toward TCU because it's kind of the same environment. It's not real big. It's not 40 to 50,000 students. Classes are small. Everything's close together. And, and uh, TCU feels pretty good about both those players and, and landing both those players would be a huge, huge addition for the, for the uh, class right now, which by the way, ranks uh, 17th in the 24 seven composite rankings and 13th in the 24 seven rankings. So, the class is off to a really good start. Uh, the other kids that were on campus, Jacob, J- Jacob Clark out of Rockwall, quarterback. Frogs were uh, his first offer. He's only got another offer from Memphis. I thought that kid would be committing pretty soon, and, and uh, he, may, he, he may still be committing pretty soon. But uh, they're in an interesting spot at quarterback right now because they, they feel really good about where they stand with Grant Gunnell. And uh, although he's committed to A&M, they still feel really good about him. And, and if you can have a guy that uh, is a five-star talent that's telling you that you're very much in the picture, then you you can sometimes, I hate to say it, slow play some kids if they're going to get another kid. But I know they're not necessarily sl- slow playing Jacob because they wouldn't have had him on campus if they if – they, uh, thought they were going to slow play him and not really actively recruit him. But uh, he's a talented kid. I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to get some more offers when, when spring rolls around and coaches get a chance to really go out and start to, start to see uh, spring practices. Uh, let's see. Another kid, the kid that I really, really like, and the one I thought was going to commit when he was on campus was Brandon Brown. This kid is a stud offensive lineman. I mean, there is no other way around it. This kid is a Wes Harris type 
can come in and, and probably see the playing field right away for TCU. And, and I know he really likes the Frogs a lot. And his, his older brother played at Texas Tech. TCU was one of the first schools to offer him. He's always loved TCU. has a great relationship with Chad Glasgow. And uh, I think TCU still is still sitting very, very pretty for him. I don't know when he's going to make an announcement for when he's going to commit. But at, right now, I, I firmly believe he's going to be a frog. But uh, just a few of those talented list of players that were on campus this past weekend, in which the last two weeks, they've had some really, really good prospects on campus. Yeah, that's a lot of talent on campus for a couple of weekends, and it's good to see the staff bringing those guys in, let them see the campus, kind of get a little more of an intimate feel than, like you said last week, 150 uh, recruits on campus at once. Let's go ahead and flip back to the 2018 class. We kind of had a surprise this last week. Uh, Derek Turner out of South Louisiana committed to Louisiana Tech over the Frogs. Tell us a little bit about Turner's recruitment and – and where it connects with Davis. Go ahead. Hey, if you listen to this podcast, you knew Louisiana Tech was going to be in the in the picture, didn't we? Didn't I say that last week? Watch out for Louisiana Tech for Turner. And so, someone on the board. Yes, you did, and so, I blew it off, and yeah, I was wrong. So, well, someone on the board also said, "Well, yeah, I thought you were joking." And uh, it, it's it's funny because you 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 listen to some of the people that you get these connections with because. Not not to uh, talk bad about prospects or, or anything like that, but sometimes you, it, it's hard to tell a, a TCU coach when he's in your living room, yeah, coach, I'm uh, I'm really considering Louisiana Tech. No, he's going to say he wants to go to TCU. And most of the time, some of those kids, they know what team you cover when you call and, and do an interview with them. Yeah, we love TCU. And it's not like that for every kid, but – Kids, kids are smart these days. It's it's completely changed the way it was back in 05 when I started this whole thing, when I started uh, calling recruits and, and getting their thoughts on TCU and where the frogs stand. And uh, um, I don't think people really respected what Louisiana Tech has done. They've, they've got uh, a pretty decent class for Louisiana Tech, but the thing that really drew Derek Turner into them was uh, – Harris, uh, Smoke Harris, uh, Devon Harris. They call him Smoke down there. It's his nickname. But um, those those three guys really wanted to uh, – they, they talked about playing at college together. They all played for the same high school team. And, and uh, right now it's it's Smoke and it's Derek. I mean, and, and they were looking for Darius. Uh, it, it was a big blow. It's a big blow for TCU because they really wanted him. They really wanted uh, his versatility on the field. Now he could go out and play offense for Louisiana Tech and at – TCU, who was definitely going to play defense, they were already pegging him as a safety. I mean, he had he has ten five, ten four speed, and when you have that kind of speed and you you play some defense already, you're going to play defense for TCU, and that's what uh, Coach Patterson had had already pegged him as. And it's it's uh, disappointing, but you move on. Maybe with Derek Turner uh, going to Louisiana Tech, you can get someone like uh, our Darius Washington. Now, uh, I think he's really the safety prospect they're they're going to turn their attention to now i don't think it's gonna i don't think uh nook bradford out of san antonio a a kid i mentioned last week i don't think they're going to be pursuing him at all uh anymore his name had popped up a few times when i was in talks but i don't think they're going to be pursuing him so really our darius is the guy to uh keep an eye on and those same folks that told me to watch out for louisiana tech for Derek and uh 
Darius are telling me that our Darius Washington wants to be a frog. So we'll see how that goes. Well, you got to want the guys that want you, and that's that's kind of like dating. You got to you got to be interested in them. They got to be interested in you, and you got to make it uh, make it to signing day. So, this is a delicate, delicate game. I've I've learned a lot just in doing this podcast with you for a year about just how chaotic and um, things change moment to moment. Things change in, in an hour. Things change in a visit. And uh, if it's manic for us, I can't imagine what it's like for the staff. One more kid from the 2018 class, uh, Jashawn Corbin is, of course, the four-star running back out of Florida. Coach Looper has just done amazing work keeping him engaged, getting him on campus for a visit. And it looks like he's going to down to his final three of TCU, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. And you have said on our board to also still keep an eye on Florida State, who he was committed to previously. Tell us everything you know about Jashawn Corbin and where you think he might land. You tell me. I mean, I'm up in the air on it, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people are. It, there, there's been mixed crystal balls. Uh, I know some people have predicted TCU. Uh, I know someone predicted A&M the other day. I think uh, Wilt Fong did. But, you know, people get it wrong. I know I know uh, Wilt Fong has a pretty good percentage. But uh, we, all, we all get predictions wrong. I mean, we all do. And uh, I, I'm just not comfortable enough to – go out there yet and say Corbin's going to be a frog. Now I've heard good things about it. I've, I've heard uh TCU feels really good about landing him, but I still keep hearing the uh, outsiders telling me about Florida state. And uh, it's, it's just something when you, when you hear over and over that a kid really doesn't want to go far from home, then Florida state's ideally the logical answer. Uh, he did re- release a top three of, TCU, A&M, and, and Tennessee, so it probably is going to be one of those three schools. I don't want to discount what a what a kid tweets out, but uh, as far as uh, A&M goes, the the thing that concerns uh, or should concern TCU fans with A&M is that he has uh, a good relationship with those coaches. I mean, he was committed to Florida State when Jimbo Fisher was the head coach for the Seminoles, and uh, Obviously, a lot of those coaches are over there now at A&M, and, and uh, he, he has a relationship with those guys more so than what he has with uh, Looper and, and the rest of TCU staff because he's only really been around them one time when he came up for the official visit way back in mid-December. But the good thing is uh, is, is uh, Looper has an in-home with them later this week uh, along with uh, Coach Patterson, so you get a chance to really uh, talk to him a little bit. He's going to go up to Tennessee this week. And I know TCU fans hate Tennessee this time of year and uh, especially this class for whatever reason. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I I really can't just put a for sure answer on where I think he's going to be. If you ask me percentages, I'll tell you like I did last week. I think it's 30-30-30 between those those three schools and 10% Florida State maybe. Yeah, that's going to be a commitment that comes down to the wire. I don't think anybody's really going to go and know until the night before, and I don't know if he's really going to know until he picks which of the four videos that he had prepared for his announcement, uh, uh, for his commitment announcement. So that's definitely going to be one of those to, to keep an eye on on, on National Signing Day. Well, to uh, uh, kind of wrap up the questions that, that I had, I want you to talk about – this comes from the board too. Uh, tell us a little bit about the impact of early signing day 
in the way that that has shaped that window that's that, that's that's here now between early signing day and late December until this first full win- week of February, it seems as if this, if if this time is so much different than it's in the past. What's been the impact on the staff? What have you heard from the coaching staff that talks about the difference and the impact, positive and negative, of early signing day? Well, the the thing I've really uh, heard about is that. that the staff loved it this year because in years past, and I think I mentioned this before and might sound uh, like a record here for a few minutes, but in years past, you, you have the commitments and you have your targets in years past. You had to stay focused on every single one of those players. So if you had 20 commitments and you were still going after five targets, you still had to show love to 25 players. Well, this time around, now you only have to show the love to really five of those targets because 20 of them have signed. And in TCU's case, when you have – they had 19 commitments at the time and 18 of them signed um, except for uh, Darius Davis. And so with those 18 signees and you're looking for a class uh, of around 23 to 25, you can really go out and, and show – a lot of attention to those seven, eight remaining targets that you have on the board. And you don't have to worry about hurting the other kids feelings because guess what? They're already signed. And, uh, and four of those cases are, they're already on campus with, uh, Justin, Anthony McKinney, uh, pro Wells. And, uh, Oh gosh, I forgot the last one. I'm telling you, I'm getting sick in my mind's My mind's going blank tonight. I'm telling you, this is a bad show, Jeff, bad show. Uh, Pro Wells, <laughs> Pro Wells, Anthony McKinney, uh, Justin, Justin Rogers, and uh, Tay Barber. Tay Barber. Okay, I knew you would remember. See, even guys like me seem to forget things. <laughs> okay, so don't don't hold me. I know you're older than me by like a month or two. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe around there. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm 27. The, the thing about it is. <laughs> They they locked it this year, and and moving forward, I, if it, if it can if it can work out the way it did this past year, then it's it, it's always going to be a great thing. And with the way the recruiting uh, timeline works now, you can have the uh, 2019 kids start to make official visits during the spring. I don't think they're going to be a real big fan of that because if you make an official visit in the spring, and for whatever reason the kid starts to lose interest in you. You can't really invite them back up in the fall to come up for another official visit on the school's dime. You know what I mean? So I don't think you'll see a lot of those schools, especially TCU using the official visits in the spring. Now I know RJ Henderson has come out and said that he's going to take an official visit to TCU in the spring. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much TCU is, is actively recruiting him. Obviously, he has an offer, and obviously he's one of the top receivers in the country. But that just tells me that there's just a little bit of interest on his part for TCU if he's coming up that early. Most of the time when a kid wants to come up to, to a campus that early, it's usually uh, on their dime unofficially. And then when they really, really want to see the whole aspect of a – uh, of a program, they usually wait till the season where they can come in on a Friday after their game, or maybe a Saturday morning, um, be around when uh, uh, the, the game day atmosphere is going on and then spend the whole weekend there and then go home. Or if they want to wait till after the season, then you still have a chance to, 
to come up and and really the 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 school has a has a good chance to convince you that's where you need to be and guess what december early signing day you only have a week or two uh or just a few days in in some cases to uh, uh really change the mind of some players and and that worked for TCU this this uh, past class with them having some of those uh, December visits and with that early signing period, they were able to uh, not only get a couple guys, but really, really convince the guys that they already had committed to sign on the dotted line, dotted line, and, and uh, officially become frogs. So, I think that's uh, the way you're going to see it going forward. But as far as the the early signing period, it's a, it's a really good thing for TCU right now and everything I've heard is they're loving it. Well, as this 2018 class kind of comes to an end, I think uh, there's a mood among uh, among some people. Now, there's some people on a message board that are negative no matter what. You could get a five-star commit and they say, well, you got to hold on to him now and not celebrate the fact that the young man committed. So let's just kind of close this out as we kind of wrap up our 2018 pre- uh, recruiting conversation for the complainers and for the people that say we're not going to land, you know, four big names on early signing day, what should Frog fans love about this 2018 class? Summarize it for us in just a couple paragraphs as we close the book on the 2018 class. First of all, I got I got a message for the ones about hanging on to the recruits. <laughs> That's like a guy getting a hot chick for the hot chick for the first time. You're going to do everything in your power to hang on to the hot chick. So. Don't don't worry about losing them all the time. Worry most mostly about what you can do to keep them, and uh, that's what TCU does as far as uh, when they land those those big uh, big players. But I think the 2018 class is obviously on paper it's the best class they've signed. It's uh, it's gonna be right around the same area, maybe one to two spots higher than what the 2016 class was ranked. And if you look at what 2016 has produced already, it's it's already. Uh, looking pretty good it's what you look at guys like ross blacklock and the impact he's he's made already and, and some of those younger guys ennis Gaines is is already uh becoming a name well known throughout frog nation and the the receivers and and uh you know, darius anderson shaywo i mean those those guys are already uh make quite an impact and i think that's what you're going to see in the 2018 class uh, justin obviously is the, the the marquee player for the class he's rank the highest he's going to be the uh, highest ranked signee ever for Gary for Gary Patterson up to this point and I don't know if he's going to have a chance to play this year but obviously I think he's got a a, a very very high ceiling for his future uh, as a frog so I, I think he's going to do some really good things for for TCU and to Valence Hunt is another guy that I think is just going to have a really really good career but up and down the list they really went out identified the needs they had in the class and and besides defensive tackle i think they did a pretty good job uh of course uh, two weeks from now if we're having a podcast and we could very easily be talking about coburn being a defensive tackle for the frogs and and what impact he's going to be bringing but uh, still about a little over a week before signing day so so anything can happen but uh, the class on paper right now, there there really shouldn't be any complaining. I know it's that people are always going to worry about the ones you didn't get, and to compete in the Big Twelve or even compete for a national championship. Yeah, I know you have to have a a really high class. You you want to have a uh, a class that is anywhere between five to ten or fifteen. That's what the experts will tell you. But 
if you look at what TCU's been able to do with just the the classes they get, you got to remember the way TCU develops and gets the most out of every one of their players for for a class that's going to be around the 17, 18 range. I mean, just imagine what the coaching staff is going to be able to do. Look at what their track record has proven when they have classes that are in the 25 to 30 range. This is a program that everyone talked about, even TCU fans, you know who you are, talked about, well, we've got to recruit different. We're not in the Mountain West anymore. We we can't just go out and, and recruit these two or three star players and, and expect to be successful. Look at what they've done in the Big 12 the first five years they've been in it, guys, or six years, five or six. I'm telling you, I'm losing, I'm losing my mind. Six seasons. Okay, six seasons, and they've, and they've been in the top ten three times. And so if, if whether you want to admit it or not, the coaches are doing a, a pretty dang good job going out there and recruiting. And if you look at some of the players over the years that they didn't get – Go back and, and see what the percentage is for how many of those players actually had successful careers at those other programs or if they're names that you look back and say, oh, man, glad we didn't have him. And I know there's a few names uh, that the board loves to mention all the time about you know, they were they were so upset when they didn't get them. Look at Kyle Porter, for example. <laughs> I'm not knocking Kyle Porter, but would anyone take Kyle Porter over Darius Anderson right now? Not one person. Unless you're Kyle Porter's parents, and so no way. And so let's let's be honest. So when <laughs> when when you have when you have those uh, when you have those uh, those kids that are highly ranked kids and they choose to go elsewhere, it's not the end of the world. It's it's there's TCU still recruiting at a level, and there's the way athletes are nowadays. They're they're so close in comparison. They're they're not really far off, uh, and it's it's getting like that every year. I mean the the parody we always talk about the parody for college football and maybe in the big 12 and how close it is and man the parody for just athletes in general just players in general is just getting closer and closer i mean now you can go out and any if you're a top 100 player in texas man you're a darn good player even if you're in the top 125 man you're a really really good player and for a state that produces 300 to 400 players every year, that's, that's saying something when you're in the top 125, I mean, you, you could pretty much go on to any program you wanted to. And, uh, that's what people got to look at. They got to stop worrying about, uh, how many top 100, uh, players, uh, TCU signed, or if they're a five-star four-star, how many offers they had. It's not always about that. It's, you got to look at the big picture and, and look at how, uh, they've developed players in the past and, and I'm not making this stuff up. You can go back and look at it, look at their class ranks. And, and if I was, if TCU was still in the mountain West, yeah, you can say all you want about what it takes to win a championship and do all this, or they can't compete. Well, TCU has consistently gotten better each year recruiting. Their classes are going up and the proof, proof is in the pudding guys. They've, like I said earlier, three top 10 finishes with classes that aren't in the top 15. 
Well, that is a great note to end on because I, I am excited about this class. I think about guys that we didn't even mention. I think about Ben Wilson and, uh, man, I cannot wait to see that guy line up in the four two five. I think he is going to do some serious damage for Coach Patterson once he uh, begins to get his fan, hands on that young man and shape him into the linebacker that he's going to be. So a lot of things to be excited about with the 2018 class. A lot of us have followed it for over a year now. And to see it kind of come to a culmination here, we got one more weekend of some official visits, then signing day the Wednesday after that. And trust me, this is the place that you need to be plugged in in order to stay connected to everything that's going on on the, the TCU uh, recruiting front. We're going to wrap this show up. We've had it. We covered a lot here in about 40 minutes, and we want to uh, be, express our gratitude for you guys for listening to us. One of the things we hope that you will do is you will subscribe to Hornfrog Blitz. Go to hornfrogblitz.com. You can sign up. This is a great place to be connected to other frog fans. Stay connected to Jeremy and what he does and connecting with the staff, as well as uh, listen to the Frogcast and enjoy a community online with a lot of other people that love TCU Football 365. Also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe on iTunes or on Google Play. Every time you subscribe, it helps people find us. Our uh, downloads just continue to grow. We're seeing a lot more people come onto the Horn Frog Blitz as well as to the Frogcast. They kind of feed each other. We hope that you will subscribe and kind of we try to have it up on Monday every week. It doesn't always work out that way, but we usually have a podcast every week during the season. Maybe other, other every other week once National Signing Day comes to an end. But right now, this is the place to be, and we will be back again next week to talk about the anticipation of Signing Day Eve. So for Jeremy Clark, for Daniel Southern, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.